Hey girl, and welcome to the Unapologetic Podcast with your host, Nina Webb, aka at the Unapologetic Mentor. This podcast is your one-stop shop for all things mindset, manifesting, personal branding, and more. After building a successful business mentoring over 100 women and hitting 10K months in just over a year teaching social media and sales strategy, I realized I was completely unhappy. I checked out, I packed up my shit, and I moved halfway across the world to the island of Bali. I realized there that I'd been keeping myself small. I'd still been doing what other people told me I needed to do to be successful. Now I help female business owners realize there are no shoulds in business and you don't have to be like anyone else. The real secret to success is being more of your damn self. We're here to take radical accountability for your own life and awaken your most unapologetic, no fucks given self and turn that into an authentic brand. I'll be spilling the tea about what it really takes to build the life of freedom you've always dreamed of, including one key ingredient, almost delusional belief in yourself. So grab a cup of coffee or a herbal green tea and let's dive in to the episode. Hello you guys and welcome back to the podcast. So I was writing an Instagram post recently and I got inspired to share this. And by the way, if you're listening to this, I believe it will be 2023. So happy new year. Wishing you all the best. I hope you had the most amazing Christmas break. I'm recording this during my so-called Christmas break. Uh, at the end of December, but I missed work so much that I wanted to come back to it. And I was brimming with content ideas today. So here we are. Anyway, like I said, I had this idea for this podcast when I was writing a post and I thought it would be fun for me to list out every job I've had since I was 15. And there is a very important message behind this. And I often feel that people hold themselves back from whether it's going for a job, going for some kind of opportunity, applying for something, whether you're you're an influencer, it might be applying for a certain campaign. If you're a business owner, starting your business, going full-time in your business, you know, I feel like we hold ourselves back from doing all of these things. And often it's because that's how we're conditioned to in society, you know, like when you apply for a job, it will say something like, 300 applications already in like on indeed it says how many applications there are and often it's a lot or on the job description it will say things like must have you know this much experience two years of this experience or must have this or must have this specific qualification and things like that and you know also when you hear things like nine out of ten businesses fail and you know there's so much other stuff even when applying for university you know, like when I applied for my university, I was told, oh, we only accept like 10% of applicants or I think it was one in nine applicants. So you can do the maths on that, um, which is like just over 10%. But we're constantly told when we go for things, we're basically told not to go for them. Like subconsciously, we're conditioned to not go for whatever that goal or that dream is because we're told, oh, there's a lot of other people that are also going for this. So likelihood is you're not going to get it. And it's so important which belief system our mind defaults to in that moment, because you could very easily listen to that and go, you're probably right. Yeah, there's no point in me applying for this because I'll never get it. Like, I'll never get it. Or in that moment, you could default to the belief system of, you know, I'll never know if I don't try. I'll never know if I don't put myself out there. And look, all of these other people have applied. So why not me? Why shouldn't I get it? And a bit of a fun fact that whole thing of 
if she can do it, why can't I? Or if this person's done it, why can't I? Was the belief that made me start this entire business. You know, what was Soul Social and what is now The Unapologetic Mentor. That's what made me start this entire business is that belief, seeing someone else do it and thinking, you know what, if they can do it, why can't I? So what belief system your mind defaults to in that moment is so, so important. And with that being said, I wanted to speak about all of these jobs I've had because almost every single job I've had, I was not supposed to get basically in in some shape or form like I was not qualified for it I was not meant to have it I was meant to have more experience xyz and I always ended up getting it so I'm gonna go through the jobs and some of you kind of might be surprised with some of this some of you might not my clients probably know know a few of these and these are things I reference um but yeah I thought I'd go through all of them and and share the common thread and share what I've learned and because I'm really trying to disprove this belief that a lot of people have that holds them back of oh there's no point me doing that there's no point me going for that so my first job when I was 15 I've had a lot of jobs by the way I was always brought up to work um to be independent and I'm very thankful my parents brought me up that way um I've always been told to earn a living and to make my own money and yeah, that's always been instilled in me from a young age. But when I was 15, my first two jobs I had, so I worked in a school uniform shop, which is actually my mum's best friend's business. Um, And then I also worked as a receptionist for a friend of my dad. And I would work as a receptionist. This was during the summer of in between school when I was 15. Um, I would work in in the receptionist job Monday to Friday. And then I would go to this school uniform shop on the Saturday And I'd be so excited. Like I was literally working six days a week, aged 15, which sounds kind of crazy to look back on it then. Um, But again, I was not supposed to have either of those jobs because in the UK, you can't, you can have a job like before you're 16, but it's not really official. Like you don't get your national insurance number until you're 16. So it was kind of very unofficial for me to have a job uh, that early you know some people I know that had their first job when they were like 13 like might be a paper round or something like that but the thing is the only way you can get paid for those kind of jobs is to get the cash in hand and it was for you know absolute peanuts <laughs> looking back on it but that didn't matter because for me it was so exciting to even just have a job so I was not even supposed to have those first two jobs because I was literally too young to physically uh, get paid into a bank account I think I had a bank account but like I said, I had no national insurance number, so there was no official way for me to earn money. Um, so I literally got paid cash in hand at the end of every uh, shift. And again, so that was probably my very first experience in a time I wasn't even meant to have a job then. Then after that, I worked for Next and then I worked for Boots. So Next is obviously a huge company. In the application form, they told me you must have retail experience. And I think it says something like retail experience of like at least a year. And all I had at this point, I was like 16, 17 still. All I had at this point was the <laughs> retail experience I'd had working in, you know, my mum's friends. She's actually my godmother. Her school uniform shop, you know, which was her Saturday job that I'd done, you know, for a few months during the summer. So it was not really the right amount of experience, but I saw that on the application form and I was like, you know what, still some experience, I may as well try, I may as well try and apply, maybe they'll take a chance on me, you know, it's my first like big job, 
And I applied, I used the interview, I got it. You know, long story short. And I remember I was so excited when I got accepted into that job, like my first official, you know, proper job. It was the same thing. So after that, I worked for Boots. Um, this is the next job I can remember. Yeah, after that, I worked for Boots and it was a beauty job. And again, in the application form, it said, must have beauty experience. And I had zero experience of beauty. I was not even, to be brutally honest, particularly interested in makeup, beauty, all of that stuff. Um, I had zero experience working in it. I you know, didn't know anything about beauty trends at the time, anything. Um, and I saw that on the application form and I remember I almost didn't apply, but what I actually did, um, and this is kind of a running theme with, with how I got some of these jobs is I walked into the shop because it was two minutes walk from my current flat in London. So it was already when I was in London, I was like 18, um, 19, I think. So I was already in London and this was literally a two minute walk from my flat inside Euston Station. So I literally just walked in. I was like, hi, like, do you have any jobs? Um, yeah, I don't think I, I'm trying to remember with this one. I think I didn't even see it online. I think they like sent me a link to it after I'd walked in. I don't think I even necessarily saw it posted online, but I think when they were kind of interviewing me, I sat down for this very quick interview and I think they said, you know, this post had beauty experience, but like, do you have retail experience? And I was like, yeah, a little bit in, in fashion. And they were like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so even though the application said, you know, must have X, Y, Z, because I was living nearby, I really emphasized that. And I said to them in the interview, look, I can be here whenever I'm happy to take on extra shifts. It's literally a two, literally two minute walk from my flat. So I can be here. Like I'm, I'm happy to start working right away. I can start tomorrow, I can start tonight. Um, and yeah, they hired me. So <laughs> again, that was an example of, you know, me getting a job where I didn't have the right experience or the right qualifications. And I worked there, I think for, I want to say for like six months or something like three, four, five months. I don't know exactly. I have to get my CV out, which I haven't looked at in a long time to know exactly. Um, but yeah, so I did that for a bit. And then after that, I applied for Selfridges and this is the biggest common recurring theme with me and my jobs, as you're going to see. Uh, when I applied for Selfridges, I was working in luxury accessories, which was one of the biggest departments in Selfridges. It's on the ground floor of, of Selfridges in Oxford Street. So a lot of people pass through it. It takes in quite a lot of money, quite a substantial amount. So it was kind of a great opportunity to even be able to apply for that. And obviously on the application, it said must have luxury retail experience because, you know, I was selling handbags for like 2000 pound and all these things. Obviously I didn't have that. So, cause previously all I'd worked at was Next and Boots, which if you aren't from the UK are, you know, kind of your very basic high street chains, you know, Boots is like cosmetics and medicines and stuff like that. And Next is, you know, like high street clothing. So, I didn't have any luxury experience. And I remember the Selfridges application process was a whole thing in itself. Like I had to go, I had to create a whole presentation. I had to pitch it to them. I had to do this whole assessment day. There was the whole day. And then that was like already the third stage of the interview and all of that. And then obviously in the end I got it. So the point is I didn't let myself be deterred by this whole thing of not having luxury experience. And whenever there was something I felt I didn't have, no one ever, to be honest, 
really asked about it but if I felt like it was ever brought up of like you know not having xyz experience I would always be honest because I don't recommend lying I'd always be honest and be like no I don't have that but I have this and I'd always really emphasize some other point of like but you know I've worked in retail for two years or whatever I said total combined was like one year or two years you know but I'm a quick learner but you know fashion is something I love etc um so I'd always really emphasize the other thing and I worked actually in Selfridges for two or three years I then got promoted so I, I worked in not promoted kind of but it was a better gig so I started in Givenchy and then I got moved to Saint Laurent which was the I think it was the biggest own board so own board means owned by Selfridges biggest own board department in Selfridges Oxford Street at the time is in in terms of like the money it was bringing in so yeah pretty huge <laughs> so I got promoted to that after a few months and I actually worked in Selfridges on and off like I said for around two or three years pretty much for the whole of my degree and my master's as well my master's in in fashion journalism I pretty much worked uh Selfridges for most of that time I think there was times I left on my exams and I quit and every time how I got the job I never reapplied I never went the official route so maybe this is a bit of a bit of a theme here is a lot of the time I would not go the official route for getting a lot of these jobs I would find some other way so with Selfridges how I got my job back was I went into right went back into Selfridges and I asked for the specific manager I was reporting to and saw them and I was like hey like my exams are over I'd love to come back and work and that's how I got my job back without even an interview without even anything they were just like yeah sure like we have an opening here yeah that's that's how I went back and got it rather than going through all the official channels which I could have done I could have gone through the whole official online system and gone through the interview process again but I didn't do that um and they were happy to rehire me and by the way if anyone is interested in earning a bit of extra money and going the the retail route the luxury retail route I really recommend Selfridges as an employer I think it's an amazing uh company and I personally like loved working there, even though it was only two days a week, but I, I loved being there. Then after that, I finished my masters and I got my first official full-time job at Netta Porter in marketing. And this was a job that I famously, you will see this a lot in my marketing, I famously hated and it was meant to be my, my dream job, working in digital marketing for them. And I got down to the nitty gritty of it, to the daily stuff, and I hated it. But again, in that interview, I, so it was an email marketing role. I had zero knowledge of email marketing apart from like the few emails I'd ever sent on my blog. I didn't really know much about it. I was basically not qualified for the job at all. (laughs) But they had said it was an entry level role. But again, everything on the application form, because I did apply the official route, everything on the form said, you know, must have this much experience, must have, you know, created email campaigns before and all this stuff. And I didn't have any of that. And I got there and I just said, you know, I'm a quick learner and all these things I can pick it up. You know, I'm really eager to learn. I love the, uh, at that time I thought, you know, I love this company. I really want to work here. I'm going to work really hard. And something that my manager reflected back to me was actually in that very first interview, I said, cause she asked me the question, why email? And I said, to be honest, I don't want to stay in email. <laughs> I said that in a job interview and most people might be really shocked to hear that. Um, but I was honest, you know, you guys know I'm all about honesty. 
And I said to her, to be honest, I don't want to stay in email, but I love Net-A-Port of the company. Like I'd love to move around. I'd love to work in copywriting or styling or something like that. Those are the kind of avenues I'm looking into. And because of that, she actually was putting me in touch with the copywriting team. I did some work for copywriting as well, which was amazing. And I got that all because I was honest. And even though I said all of that in the interview, I still got the job. So the moral of this story, the reason I'm sharing all of this, the reason I'm going on this ramble (laughs) is that there's at least, I don't know, five or six examples there of going against this whole idea of, you know, you have to have X, Y, Z qualification to get this job, to start a business, to do this. My coaching business, you know, obviously I have the knowledge. I've been into personal development for years. I did do some coaching like online courses, but I never got certified, can't even speak, never got certified, never did any of those things, you know, never went to an official coaching school, like none of that. And I still had a successful business. So again, I still didn't have, you know, the things that you meant to have. But still, my business has seen a lot of success and I've worked with some amazing clients. I've worked with over 100 women at this point. So this was all to show you that you don't necessarily have to go down this route, this route that's been set out of you have to have these qualifications to do this role or to have this business or to be at this university, whatever it is. And I'm not the only story, like I know so many stories of this, of people getting in where they weren't supposed to and opening up doors for themselves. And there are so many examples I can think of, but I just wanted to share a few of them there with you in the hopes that this will inspire you today. So when you are faced with these things, when you're faced with, I mean, obviously a lot of you guys listening to me are business owners. So when you're faced with things like nine out of 10 businesses fail, you know, nine out of 10 businesses don't work, you're, you're going to lose money, all of this stuff. When you're faced with people saying these beliefs, you have to think so carefully about how you're going to respond in that situation and how your actual brain is going to react. And, you know, do you want to agree with them? Do you want to shut down and react in that way and say, you know, if nine out of 10 businesses don't work, if the odds are against me, why should I even bother? Or do you want to go down the other route and say, you know, okay, so that means one out of 10 businesses do succeed. And I don't even know what the definition of, of succeed is in this uh, in this quote, in this context, which I've heard before. But do you want to go down that route and believe that it's possible and believe that it's, the door's open for you? Because this is probably the number one belief I feel holds so many people back from doing what they want to do is I'm not qualified for X, Y, Z. You know, I haven't achieved this. I haven't been there. You know, I haven't worked long enough to to graduate to this promotion or to earn this amount in my business. You know, I hear this kind of thing all the time from people. And if you want to buy into that belief, that is the reality that's going to keep manifesting for you. That's the reality that you're going to keep creating for yourself when you have that belief of, oh, you know, it probably won't happen for me or, oh, it's so unlikely to happen for me. But look at the people that it has happened for and it happens more commonly than you think. That's the thing. Like it happens more commonly than you think for people to get jobs that they're not qualified for or outwardly, in, you know, in quotation marks, qualified for or to have success in their business when they haven't even run their business for that long. You know, it happens more than you think. And it all depends what examples you want to surround yourself with. So do you want to surround yourself with examples of people failing or do you want to surround yourself with examples like the ones I've just said to you of people working against these odds but actually succeeding and that's a little question I want to leave you with today so I hope you like this episode it was a bit of a random 
riff. <laughs> it was just a, a random, you know, thought and idea I had for an episode when I was on my walk earlier today, which by the way, when I was on this walk, I literally wrote down, I walked for like 60 minutes. I literally wrote down around four or five or even six content ideas in the space of that walk. So go on walks, people, if you want to think of content ideas. Um, but no, honestly, on a serious note, that is how it feels to create content when you're so aligned with yourself, when you're creating so in alignment with your brand, when you have a really, really strong idea of who you are, what you want your message to be, that's genuinely how easy it feels. Like the content genuinely pours out of you. But I hope you like this episode. Feel free to share it or reply to me what you thought of all my many jobs. I think there was probably more than that that I didn't mention. Um, oh yeah, I didn't mention my whole influencer career. <laughs> I missed out that one. Um, but I feel I've documented that a lot anyway. But yeah, feel free to message me your thoughts. And if not, I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it was exactly what you needed to hear today. Screenshot and share the episode to your Instagram stories and tag me at The Unapologetic Mentor so I can learn your main takeaways and share you with my community. And if you love this episode, please leave me a review so we can get the podcast out to more heart-centered entrepreneurs who need it. I'll see you in the next episode.